Welcome again to It Doesn't Take a Genius, conversation with introspective perspectives and pithy points of view. Here are your hosts, my friends, Max and Marty. I think that's Mark and Mike. Yeah, whatever. Ramsey! Hey, Marshall, how are we today? I'm fantastic, <laughs> sir. Uh, I'm here in rough here restart in to this whole podcast here, but we're, we're recording now, by golly. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that was our biggest take to ever. It was like <laughs> half second in, <laughs> started over. So, yeah, for all intents and purposes, this is live as usual. So yeah, right. I, I'm coming to you from my home library, and uh, where are you at? I, I, I appear to be in a museum, but it's actually the Waldorf Astoria. Yeah, just name drop that to feel fancy. Yeah. So, well, la I hope <laughs> I hope your robe is scratchy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and your slippers don't fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first world problems. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly yeah. right. So another episode of Workplace Book Club or Guys with Outlooks with Books. With books. Right, are we, uh, right. What are we? Uh, what are we diving into today? Well, you know, it's funny because uh, you and I have talked about this off air, I guess you'd say, uh, a few times. And one of the things that uh, came up was that we both really did not enjoy reading Charles Dickens' Great Expectations. <laughs> yeah, you you had personal animosity about it. And I remember in eighth grade having literally a nightmare about how bleak and awful uh, Pip's life was, the main character. And he had, you know, the, it, it doesn't matter for the podcast, but there's this character, Miss Havisham, that she sits around in the yellowing wedding dress of her youth. Uh, she was a, a jilted lover and just as her life has gone to pot and she's bitter and she manipulates people and ah, just the whole thing just seems so awful and depressing. But you know what? I said, there's got to be something in there that we can wrestle with, because that's the whole point of the Workplace Book Club. So, Mike, I think I found it. I think I found our quote that we can wrestle with a little bit here today. Well, and I'm excited about it. And yeah, I read the book in, I think I was either, a, I think, a freshman in high school. And I mm -hmm. thought, oh, great. Here's another guy that doesn't do any good with the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is... Uh, I'm living this life. I don't need to read this guy's yeah. life. Yeah. Oh, why read about it? Yeah. 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 It's just doubling down on my misery at this point. That's, that's a fair statement. Fair yeah. statement. Uh, oh. All right. So uh, let's, just, uh, let's, uh, let's hear this passage. Yeah. So, so here's, here's the quote. And, the, and I, I'm going to give you very little setup because I don't want to let the plot get in the way of just getting the nugget of this quote. But basically, the main character, Pip, um, it's, it's a long story. He's coming to some money. He's, uh, elevated his station in life and he's basically saying goodbye and, and casting aside, uh, a, a blacksmith who I, I believe is his brother-in-law that helped raise him. He was an, uh, an orphan and, um, he's a little bit ashamed of Joe, the blacksmith, and he's going another direction in life and, uh, is sort of saying goodbye. So on his way to the stagecoach, he cries. He just breaks down and cries. And so then we get this quote. And so here, you know, all of that is just to say he, you know, he was ashamed of himself to some degree and, and started crying. And we get this quote, Pip says this, heaven knows we need never be ashamed of our tears for they are rain upon the blinding dust of earth overlying our hard hearts. I was better after I had cried than before. More sorry, more aware of my own ingratitude more gentle. So I'll read that one more time. 
Heaven knows we need never be ashamed of our tears, for they are rain upon the blinding dust of earth, overlying our hard hearts. I was better after I had cried than before, more sorry, more aware of my own ingratitude, more gentle. Ta-da! Wow. All I'm thinking is, man, if I could memorize this uh, and <laughs> say it to people who were upset, uh, <laughs> they would think I was really cool. <laughs> or punch you in the face. One of the two. Yeah. I'm not sure which. There, well, there is something I do say that I heard a long time ago, which, you know, if somebody's, if somebody's crying, the, the, the I, you know, I, I don't even remember where I heard this, but somebody told me that, you know, because people always say, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry yeah. for crying. Sorry about that. You, you know, yeah. and then somewhere, someplace, somebody told me that you should never apologize for honest emotion. I love that. You know, and so to, that. that was the first thing I thought of when I saw this, only this is much more eloquent and, and gets <laughs> to not only yeah. that message, but the why behind the message. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a fair statement because you really have this in two two parts i think you know the, the the first part is don't be ashamed of your tears you know like like let let them come you know please express your emotion please express your negative emotion that is a-okay and you and i've talked about this i think a few times on the podcast that you know sometimes that negative emotion might be buried uh, wrapped up inside some other things to sort of hide it away because, you know, I mean, let's be honest, you know, what do you think of people uh, in the workplace who cry, who talk about their sadness? Right. Well, if, if there's, you know, a great reason for it, you know, they messed yeah. up, they messed up my mocha latte, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nah, nah, but yeah, if there's, if there's a if there's a, a disappointment, a significant life event or whatever, uh, you know whether it's personal or professional, yeah, there's nothing wrong with crying. Yeah, it, and and that's what's so crazy is that you know we wrap it all up because you know what what do we typically think of people like that? You know they're weak. That's what I always hear. If I ever bring this in front of a group and say, "What do you think about people who express sadness at work? What's that mean?" You know, they're weak. So you know, we wrap that up. And, you know, you and I've talked about, uh, we've had Pamela Cole as a, as a guest on this very podcast. And we've talked about the idea of that sadness, having anger on top of it, or maybe fear having anger on top of it. Mm -hmm. So anger is what's allowed to be expressed. It's, it's what's publicly acceptable to express. Uh, but really at the core, there's some loss or some regret or some hurt uh, that uh, that maybe comes out as anger because we're just not willing to express that loss, regret, hurt, sadness. Uh, right. So it's okay. It's okay to do that. Oh yeah. Um, well, and to me, it shows it shows that they care, right? There's passion. Yeah. For whatever it is, right? There's so many people. It's genuine. Life. Yeah, yeah. They don't. They're not all that invested in anything. And right. So. Right. If somebody is wildly happy, if somebody is angry, if somebody is crying, it means they're really invested in whatever it is that's going on. Yeah. And, and that kind of passion, right? To me, that, that I like to see that. Uh, I want to see that. Yeah. That's okay. So, 
and and you've pointed out you know sort of the benefit for the people around you you know the the benefit on on an external side the quote really though dives into the why you would do this internally you know what what do you get out of this you know, this this idea that it's it's rain upon the blinding dust of earth overlying our hard hearts that this is this rain is somehow softening our hearts and leaving us literally better than we were before so i i'm curious uh i don't want to put you on the spot but you know he, he says uh, i was better after i had cried than before and he says it in three ways more sorry uh, sorry that he had treated this fellow the way he did more aware of my own ingratitude and for him it's ingratitude about this particular person and then more gentle so i, I don't know if those three uh, particular ways that he felt like he was better than before strike you, but it seems like he grows through uh, tears, through through crying. So, do, do you pick up anything in the, in those three areas that uh, resonate with you? Uh, well, yeah, I, you know, the first thing I picture, of course, is that pivotal moment in the classic story, the Grinch. Uh, so, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, where, yeah, yeah, his heart grows three sizes one day. Right. And so, and what's interesting about this is, is the contrast that he paints. So you've got this heart that's buried under hard dirt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist, but right. I think if my heart is buried under hard, crusty dirt, yeah, it's probably not all that healthy. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad thing. You're probably closed off to quite a few things that would uh, benefit your life. Yeah. It's just not going to get in. Yeah, so something, anything that comes along to, to you know, and to me, the word, it's not in here, right? But it, to me, it's softened, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got this hard heart, and then yeah. you, you put the tears on it, and then it softens everything around it. And yeah. then all these other, uh, you know, uh, things come out, right? The, the, the sorrow, the awareness, the gratitude. Yeah all come out once the the area around the heart has been softened so i had not thought of it that way yeah he's so sorry as in sad uh more aware of my own ingratitude as in he has a new awareness about life and then it leaves him more gentle that softness you know he's he's a new person he's he's different he's different in a better way yeah yeah his heart yeah. has been uncovered to some extent uh, yeah. right which should allow him to connect with people be more empathetic yeah, everything right. that would that would come with that. Right. And, and and so, you know, and you hear this in, you know, expressions. Uh, right. 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 You, you, you don't have a good cry. If you keep it all bottled up, it's going to it's just going to eat at you, yep. you know, yep. things like that. And so in a much more eloquent form. Right. He's saying, uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. You, you need to let these emotions out or they're just going to eat you up. So. Um... Have you seen the uh, the new Apple Watch commercials where it's it's I guess it's like Siri's voice calling the emergency services and saying the owner of this iWatch has had a bad fall, they're not responding. So um, my uh, my eleven year old she uh, she gets out of bed and says I can't sleep. I'm thinking about forests. I'm like, well, go think about forests in your bed. You know, okay, go to bed. And then she comes out again. And, you know, uh, honestly, it was like one of those moments where I finally was not the impatient dad. Like I actually plugged in and said, oh, I need to be present right now because she brought up the same issue. Right. And so, you know, just a little bit of gentle probing. And um, and it turns out she's thinking about this commercial and thinking about death, you know, and she's boohooing. 
she's just absolutely boohooing after just a few questions on my shoulder. And, um, and it, what's, this is what's so cool about crying, right? Is, um, she's a, she is a person who keeps it close to the vest. She is uh, a, a pretty reserved personality. And, you know, I didn't know that this was all going on inside of her and, you know, ah, there it is. And it's, I mean, she's boohooing and, and, um, and I'm comforting her. And I said a few things, but I really didn't like, we didn't get anywhere. It wasn't like, you know, let's think through this commercial, you know, what about it's realistic? What, you know, uh, you know, your parents are here, you know, everything's fine. No, there was no solution. I said nothing to put a balm on the wound. And then all of a sudden she kissed me on the cheek. She kissed her mother on the cheek and she had a smile on her face and she went to bed. Like she didn't even say anything, <laughs> just the tears. This, yeah. this was like a week ago. So it's, it's on my, uh, on my mind as you talk about you know, sort of the, there's a benefit here. Yeah. Yeah. Once you let it out. Right. Yeah. And, or, you know, or in this case, it sounds like she let it go. And yeah. Yeah. Once yeah, she let it go and the tears flowed and then she knew you were there for her. Yeah. There was nothing you could do. You know, we're not sure where this forest is or where that person's laying, but, <laughs> but you were there to listen and yeah, yeah I'm a kid. I'm going to yeah. go back to sleep. <laughs> right. That's, that's it. That's it. Name the emotion, name what's going on. And it's just amazing when you name something, you can have authority over that thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, we talk, I talk to managers about this all the time. Uh, yeah. Right. So so we know that the, the vast majority of time when when somebody's struggling at work is nothing to do with work. Mm -hmm. Right. There's something going on in their personal life, family, yeah. something's going on. And it's showing up at work as far as, right. you know, change in performance and things like that. Yep. And so, so encouraging managers to sit down with people and say, Hey, what, you know, what's on your mind, right? right. What, what's going on here? I know something's changed. Mike, I'm not, I don't know how to tell you this, but my doorbell is ringing. Um, oh, I'll be your, your turndown you know service. That's <laughs> probably right. Right. Oh, just, just rub it in our faces. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm okay tonight. I'm okay. Yeah. Thank you. What? You only got one kind of chocolate on your pillow? Uh, oh, you cannot you cannot live with these conditions. Uh, yeah. Oh, life's tough. Life yeah. is rough. Yeah. yeah. You're gonna have to now you realize you'll have to close your own drapes. Yeah, well, this is hard. And uh and also turn on the television to the hotel promo channel. That's the other thing they do, I've noticed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's got the soothing music at night. So you get the drapes closed, the music, the beds turned down. Oh, I haven't had any music. Oh, I, had, I didn't do know the that. Music? Oh, yeah. You've been robbed. What are you paying for that room? <laughs> the, uh, but okay. yeah, it, it is. Uh, you'll get used to it <laughs> very quickly. Well, yeah. now, now that we've really like broken the stride of this entire conversation, I feel like probably we should wrap it up. In fact, maybe what we should do is, is, uh, should I just say something right here? Um, that, that, I'll, you know, like we'll cut an edit out and say, you know, Hey, now that we're back after Mark's big doorbell event, you know, like we could do that. Anyway, point here is, I think we've, we've gleaned some gold nuggets from this little quote. And, uh, I, I just, I, I hope that managers hear it and, and employees who are listening, hear this and, 
think about what's under their control, right? Because what's under your control is your own acknowledging of negative emotions, but also allowing the people around you to acknowledge the negative emotions, just like you said. You know, I, I had a manager one time that um, he's going through this coaching worksheet, something uh, Mike Marshall invented, as a matter of fact. And he gets like to question two, and he's talking to this guy uh, and just realizes like, oh, this, this guy has a personal thing going on. Like he's really hurting. And to his credit, he pushed that worksheet off the table and said, talk to me, man, what's going on? And they, they got him some help and, you know, it, the, the problem was solved, but it was like, oh my gosh, if he didn't push that worksheet off the table and start addressing and acknowledging and naming what was going on right there for that gentleman, no, no solution, no help, you know, oh, it would have yeah. gone from bad to worse. Well, you think how wildly ineffective that conversation would have been. That's right. We'd have gone through the motions of talking about the bogus superficial issue. Right. Right. And never address the underlying cause. And therefore, nothing gets better. Nothing changes. And in some ways, you might actually push the person away from you. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. By, by not recognizing that, yeah, there was another conversation to be had here. That's right. That's right. Well, um, Great. I'm glad we tackled our demon here, you know, that we we went there and did Great Expectations, the book that was unhappy for both of us, and found some good here. Um, yeah. So that's nice. That's no, really nice. no, this was, yeah, a wonderful passage. And, and like, yeah, I've, I've heard it expressed, but in many different ways, but never this eloquently. Yeah, yeah, Dickens is good. No doubt about it. Yeah. So he's got some right. writing skills. Yeah. He does. <laughs> You know who else has written a, a number of really good zingers is um, Mr. John Wolf, our fabulous announcer. So I think it's time to turn it over to him. Take it away. Hmm. So go ahead and tweet that or share it any other way you want. As always, there are no rights reserved, no trademarks, no copyrights. Share it if you want to. And join us next time on It Doesn't Take a Genius.